My name is Dr. Keith McLaughlin, and you are listening to the Limitless Life Cairo podcast. I want to thank you so much for tuning into this free healing information. And ultimately, we're hoping to impact not only your life, but the lives of your communities as well as the world. We are here to help you level up to your limitless life. And of course, anything that's said or done on this podcast does not constitute any medical advice, treatment, or diagnosis. Please seek out the proper physician or healthcare practitioner. Enjoy. Rethinking your health priorities. So if we have decided to pursue, let's say, healthy living, right? So I'm deciding to choose a natural method of healing. So we pretty much have two pathways we can go down. We either can go down this allopathic route, and that's more of like disease removal. So we're trying to get rid of the disease or rid of the symptom, or we have health promotion, right? So we're trying to promote health or encourage health in the body instead of trying to remove a disease necessarily. Now, this is, I don't segment them to say one is right or one is wrong. I just want to identify the two pathways that we can typically choose. Ultimately, I think it's best that actually we utilize both of them. And it's typically ideal to use the health promotion as our primary method for the majority of our diseases and chronic conditions, and then using allopathic metaphor for our more severe, more intense stuff that, um, you know, if you get hit by a truck and split in half, obviously I don't want you coming into my office because I can adjust your C1 until the puppies come home. It's not going to make you magically graft your, you know, your parts back together. Um, if someone doesn't find a case like that, please let me know because that would be freaking amazing. But anyways, please go to a surgeon for currently now because I don't see that happening. Anyways, so when we're thinking about health priorities, right? So there's so many multifaceted parts to promoting health, right? Do I need to do this diet? Should I be doing cold baths? Should I stand up and ground and look in sun gaze into the sun? Should I be journaling? Should I be talking to my family over time and all that stuff? And I want to identify some of the priorities around health and prioritizing what is actually most important when it comes to health promotion. Now, the reason, one of the reasons I stick with chiropractic and why I find chiropractic to be the pinnacle and peak of this, not to mention that other parts of our health experience is important. And I can, I can prove that these like health is a multifaceted experience. It's quite simple to prove. Like oftentimes we made, made the joke in, in school that, you know, I could adjust you till the cows come home. If you don't eat for the next three months, you're going to die. Um, that's just the reality of it. If you don't drink water, you're going to die. So obviously those have a components into what creates a healthy, natural, adapting, normal way of how you're interacting with the environment. So there's some of these components that are necessary for how we interact with life. And we can see that across the board. I mean, there's plenty of systems that have come out to describe the different components of health and which one's actually the most important. And I'll kind of make an argument or an opinion. I'm not going to say this is right or wrong because, of course, there's tons of them out there. Some people say it's diet. Some people say it's exercise. Some people will say it's chiropractic. And I'll explain to me why I say it's chiropractic is one of the major ones and kind of explain backwards and also start to explain why some of the other health priorities, uh, some that you might be surprised are actually at higher priorities than others. So my basis, the number one basis that I look at health priorities one of the things I use is how quick would you die without it? So when we're looking at survivability, I know that doesn't also relate to health, but looking at survivability does give us a pretty notable mention of where do we work with things. So if we look at such as if we cut off the head of the snake, the rest dies with it, right? This is like a common phrase that we have. 
And so this is why we as chiropractors look to brain-body connection. So the first most important concept of health is making sure that all the parts are coherently working together. Because if the parts are not coherently working together, they can't operate together. It's like essentially if you went to war or you're running a business and all the employees or the people on the battlefield are not communicating with each other, how well do you think that's going to work out? Probably not well. So just in general, we know that it's important for all the parts to be communicating when we're working with a system. It's very important that they're all communicating together. So you could literally be on the best diet. You could be doing the best exercise, eat the best supplements, be the best, um, I don't know, with the best psychologist. You could be doing the best type of rehab care. But if your body doesn't know what to do with it or adapt it, or if it's not communicating the parts and it's not the whole body isn't receiving that type of care, you're not going to get the full benefit out of it. So this is why as chiropractors, we prioritize brain-body connection and make sure the sucker is working at its best because we know it's going to impact all the other areas of the health, right? So it's the most bang for your buck. And this is like a question that I asked myself when I got into school, which I said, what's the most important skill to learn? And the most important skill to learn would be learning. So I was like, I need to learn how to learn. And that was the, one of the first things I started studying. I think it was around middle school when I asked that question. And I started studying, how does a person learn? What's the human behavior around learning? All that type of stuff. So what, how would we have the most impact on health? Whichever thing has the most control over health and what controls the body, and that's the brain. The brain literally is the master control system. We can go look at Gray's Anatomy. That's what it says is basically this thing runs the show. So if this thing's running best, that means we're going to get the most out of any other health promotion. So this is why we prioritize brain-body connection. Now, when we look a little bit deeper, I want you to think about brain-body connection as also a form of consciousness and self-awareness. And I'm kind of using those interchangeably. That's how I'm defining consciousness here is it's a form of self-awareness, right? So if my brain is aware that my hip alignment is off, what is it probably going to do? It's probably going to contract muscles and try to recorrect its alignment. If it's not aware of that, if there's not self-awareness of the misalignment of the pelvis, what's it probably going to do? Well, nothing because it's not aware of it. So it's not going to change anything. It's not going to change its action or behavior or change its stimulus to it, right? So self-awareness is also a really important aspect of life in general. And I'm looking at this from a psychological point of view, not just a physiological or a physical standpoint is how self-aware are you of your patterns and how much consciousness do you have around your habits and behaviors? And so oftentimes we might jump to the fact of like, oh, well, you need to start eating healthy and you need to start exercising. If you don't have enough self-awareness or enough self-control to change your habits or behaviors, what's the point of trying to instill a new behavior or a new health habit if you can't even control that health habit in the first place? So it's actually more important, again, that we like learn how to learn is that we have enough self-awareness and self-control, right? And this usually comes from consciousness behavior or energetics. If we look at network, it's determined by how much energetics is available to handle maintaining yourself or that improvement. And that goes into a whole deeper route. And I'm going to kind of like sidestep that conversation for a different day. And it's so important that we're able to do that so that all these new health behaviors we can actually add in. So beyond just making sure that the brain and body is aware, the next thing would be basically being able to develop these health habits in the first place. So having the mental cognition and the psychology around that to develop that, right? So these are pretty much like two top ones we want to start with. The next one I would say is the social community and the environment because we know environment really affects your development of habits. 
And so I think that's something that we're really focused on is your fear around people who constantly are smoking weed. What do you think you're probably going to be doing? Probably going to be smoking weed. So very similar thing. And we could see this in, I forget, what was the study done? Um, I was just reading Joe Spence on this. The study was done on Vietnam vets. And basically there was a high rate of them using basically heroin over in Vietnam. And there's a big fear that they're all going to come back and be heroin users. But something interesting to happen is they all came back and the majority of them actually didn't. I don't think any of them actually even continued to use heroin. I don't remember the exact statistic, but it's basically the majority of almost all of them. And this is really interesting because what was determined is that the environment is more important to our behaviors and is a very large determinant factor of that. So keep in mind of your environment and who's in your community and network and what do they normally do? And what type of behaviors are they encouraging or discouraging you to do? And if you want different ones, it might be considered to either modify that environment, modify that culture, the community, or if that's too much of an undertaking, find a new community or not spend as much time. You don't have to completely cut them off, but consider if you want a different outcome, you might need to change your environment and who you're associating with and all that type of stuff. So we finally were whittled down to all that. And this is probably not the things you typically think of when you're thinking healthy lifestyle, right? And it's important to instill the skill sets that will allow you to promote a healthy lifestyle in the first place to begin with. Now, if we want to actually step into like typical things of what you think about after we kind of perceive, and by the way, chiropractic is pretty much the method of trying to get the brain hooked back up to the body. That is the whole study of chiropractic. That's what we're looking for. And that's why we prioritize. That's the number one health promoter. And that's why we look to that. That's why chiropractors are so focused on that. Um, at least the ones who practice that way. We all practice differently, and that's not a drop on them or anything. That's just how we practice. Now, um, as we start moving to health priorities, one of my first ones on my list is what we breathe, how we breathe, or even doing breath work. Um, paying attention to breath can really change up your game. And like I talked about before, I'm focused on survival, right? You can't go six minutes without breath. I mean, I, the longest world record is like 27 minutes without breathing, which is crazy. But of course, that's a specialized diver. Typically, the average human being is probably not going to go five minutes without their breath. So um, you're probably going to take a breath. If you hold your breath right now, you could probably hold it maybe two, three minutes, which is still pretty impressive. But then um, if you're really good at it, you might hold it for six. But your breath, you're going to run out of pretty quick. And we often don't think of breathing as, are you breathing in pollutants? Do you have good enough ventilation in your house? Are you taking in enough carbon dioxide, right? These are things like you don't typically think about. Is there possibly too much, you know, lead in your home? Is there asbestos in your home? We got older homes out here in Tucson. Is there asbestos in your home? And oftentimes people get sick and they get pollutants or they get toxic effects and their energy drops, everything starts falling apart. And really all it is, is they're in a crappy environment again, right? Uh, more crappy physical environment, not psychological environment, but it's, a bad environment and something needs to change and just literally moving it, opening up a window or something like that could increase the ventilation, increases oxygen, in your brain, all of a sudden you're functioning better, really just like that, right on the dot. The next one I prioritize is sleep and sleep is not something people focus on a lot. And I think if you look in the business world and start um, really taking a lens at it, you'll notice that a lot of business folks actually are really focused on how they sleep. Now, this goes into like the whole blue light thing. And it's like, why do we avoid blue light? Well, the reason we avoid blue light is it triggers your brain to think it's midday. But if you're about to go to bed and you're watching Netflix or something like that, it's triggering your brain to say it's midday. And you're like, I don't understand why I can't fall asleep. Well, it's like you just hold your brain, it's midday, and then you're trying to fall asleep right away. 
So your body's basically perceiving that you're trying to take a nap right now instead of actually have a full sleep cycle and everything. So of course it's going to disrupt your sleep cycle. It's like, okay, cool. I just don't get to sleep. It's like, no, 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 no. That basically influences your repair cycle because while you sleep, you're repairing. There's also theories around like subconscious programming and mentally processing stuff. There's also like cycles that we go through that helps pretty much our repair process. So our body completely collapses when we don't get sleep and we go into exhaustion and it causes other issues. And then on top of that, through messing up our circadian rhythm or sleep cycle or normal light cycle, it starts screening with our hormone cascade as well. So now your hormone is singling off. That means that your body can't talk to itself, right? And what do we talk about? It's really important that your body is able to talk to itself. So now we start screwing with that sequence that screws up with things like energy allocation. So that can cause overweight gaining and all that type of stuff. It could cause uh, screwing up of your hormonal cycles that could change menses, that could change different things. There's a lot of things that could affect if we start screwing with your hormones. That's just the reality of it. And so changes in your sleep starts affecting your hormones and all this type of things. Next thing that comes down on the list, I would say, is now water and what type of water you're consuming. You can go really deep on this one. I am still playing with it. I like to test out everything just to see how it feels on me. Um, From what I've heard, the most important waters, I'm not super worried about pH water. I think if you're consuming enough of um, proper types of vegetables and all that type of stuff, getting at least enough alkalinity in your diet, I'm not super concerned about the water consumption. I'm more concerned about um, pollutants in the water. Um, so we have a lot of pollutants. If you actually look at public health safety, um, I mean, the fact that I just had one of my friends I was talking to the other day that talked about how they have like a uranium minimum on like the Tucson health, like public health water stuff. And I have not looked up that personally, but when I heard that, I was like, that sounds about right. Um, so <laughs> when you think about it, that they have a minimum on how much uranium can actually be in the water, it's, it's a weird thought to think about, but Consider like what pollutants are in water. How are you filtering your water? What's the best way to filter your water? You have things like reverse osmosis or charcoal filter. Also looking at the difference between deuterium or low deuterium water and not. Um, I've heard some vague stuff about this on the internet. Um, Low deuterium water, the reason I'm recommending it is it basically is the difference between heavy water and light water. Low deuterium basically is a little bit more of a natural form of water. We just notice it in nature. It has lower deuterium. What is deuterium? It's an isotope of water, which means the nuclear structure, the atom is a little bit different in its structure. And so it's basically some of the water molecules or a portion of the water molecules is less for you science people out there. Typically water, um, our normal day-to-day water has 100 to 120 uh, parts per million of deuterium. Low deuterium sits usually about 60 or 70. What's crazy about this stuff is you wouldn't think it's like, okay, whatever, it has a slightly less deuterium. Um, and you wouldn't think it's important, but what's crazy about it is it changes the function of your mitochondria. And then on the back end of this, and this is stuff from Jack Cruz, this is stuff I've learned. I'm not saying this is fact. This is just what I know up to this point is it has already been shown and is, is currently being researched for cancer treatment which is wild to think about is being used to treat cancer. And yet it's just a slightly different modification in the water. So I do think there's something here. I'm not a huge fan of the alkaline water, but I think there's something to paying attention to how you drink. And then after all of this, then I would start talking about exercise. And so now that we're talking about exercise, exercise and movement, more specifically moving constantly. And these are all important. Keep that in mind. It's hard to prioritize certain things. But movement, being able to move consistently, 
and it gives us feedback up to the brain, keeps the brain healthy. It also stimulates the joints, keeps the muscles healthy. And we just know this is overall healthy. If you've ever seen a research experiment that has said exercise is terrible for you, you should never do it. You're probably not reading good research. We just kind of know it by this point that exercise is healthy for you and getting movement in is super important. And oftentimes when I say movement or exercise, people think about hey, I need to go lift 300 pounds in the gym or deadlift. No, go for a walk for 10 minutes outside and take off your shirt and get some sun. And that's also another important one. Make sure to get some sun and I'll go into that in a second. And I'll re-clarify these as we're going back. So also exercise, getting movement, getting the proper joints, full range of motion and all that type of stuff. The sun is also a very important one because it's literally giving us vitamin D, which I can go on a whole list. We're in vitamin D low season, i.e. winter, i.e. flu season. It's important to get vitamin D in. So make sure to get enough sun is a really huge one. Like I said, I'll go back and re-clarify this as we're going through just because I'm just spilling them out. Um, And then lastly, I I think then we can start talking about diet. And I think a big portion of this I really want to get at is oftentimes we think to change our diet first when we have all this stuff leading up to it. And I think mental emotional comes a lot more before diet oftentimes. I think this is a much higher priority and all this type of stuff. So at the end of the spectrum, then we start talking about what you're putting in your body and what you're feeling in your body constantly throughout the day. And I, <clears throat> I would say mental emotional is definitely a more common one that we need to be focused. So f- from the top, the first thing we need to focus on is making sure your brain's hooked up to your body. And that can be done through somatic work. That can be done through chiropractic care. There's a lot of ways to do that. Chiropractic specifically designed for that. Obviously, I'm a chiropractor. Obviously, I'm going to recommend chiropractic. Big surprise, I'm trying to promote my business. And then following up from that, then we start looking at mental, emotional, and that really comes at making a community. You can always seek out psychology and different types of psychology care. There's tons of great ones out there for getting your mental, emotional, and your process for taking care of yourself. You shouldn't expect to go through life not experiencing sadness, suffering, pain, um, irritation, anxiety, or anything. These are normal parts of life. There's nothing wrong with you for experiencing them. And you got to learn with how do I manage this or how do I work with this in life, right? You got to see it as like no different from working out where it's like if you don't work out, you start losing gains. If you don't take care of your mental health, like you're going to start losing gains, right? And so same exact thing. What's your process? Do you journal? Do you have a, somebody you reach out to? Do you got a friend? Do you have family? What do you, how is your mental structure of how you work with? Do you have a community? Do you got an organization, right? And so starting to create the structure for your mental, emotional, self-awareness and taking care of yourself in that process. Next one, sleep, like I talked about before. And then I would, next one I would argue is, and I forgot to slip this into here, is water and sunlight. There's a lot more I won't go into this. I'll probably go into it in another one just because I'm still learning more about it is the impact of sunlight on our body and maintaining circadian rhythm. And this goes right along with sleep. They're right kind of in the name, same neighborhood as each other. And water, of course, getting good, clean water and make sure it's at least filtered. Um, getting at least a basic filter, just start with that. Don't be drinking tap water out here. Um, I, have, I have some friends who do that. I'm just like, don't do that. <laughs> it's like, please try to get some clean water. Uh <laughs> And then, of course, then we start talking about exercise and dieting and making sure you're getting proper movement. And, of course, all these things are important. I'm not like it's hard to prioritize them. And I'm sure you probably have a list or 
see things certain ones better. But this is just my list and how I view things. It's not right or wrong. And I'm not saying this is fact. And it's, you know, if you find that it's one of them is factually more correct than another one, please let me know so I can let my clients know. And this is just kind of a mindset. So you can kind of get a new lens and a fresh lens on some of the areas of health that people don't often think of. And there's even more areas. I mean, we could even go into talking about mushroom consumption or um, talking about seafood consumption and the importance of omega-3s in diet and um, getting enough iodine in or using magnesium or lack of magnesium consumption nowadays or lack of sodium consumption or different things like that, um, you know, in healthy diets or anemics. And, you know, there's so many topics I could go into, but I want to focus on the main big hitters and just give you kind of a basis for all that type of stuff. And you can look down in the description if you want that kind of hand labeled out. Again, my priority kind of list and basic stuff to go into. Of course, if you have any questions, feel free to reach out. If you're a client of ours, uh, feel free to email me, ask me more questions about this, and we can go deeper into it. Um, I can even get you connected with practitioners, of course. There's usually a practitioner for even every area of this that's specifically specialized in this. So don't be scared to get some help out there. I mean, it, you don't have to do it alone. You don't have to do it alone. So go in and arm yourself with this knowledge and start promoting your health, baby. Thank you for listening to the Limitless Life Cairo podcast. Of course, make sure to send us your feedback on what you thought of the episode or any other topics you want us to hop into. And please do share with those who you think it might impact and help change their lives. And of course, if you're out in Tucson, the city's sunsets, and you're looking for a healthcare practitioner, you can look me up, Dr. Keith McLaughlin, at www.limitlesschiropractic.org. Then click schedule now and you can sign up for a free consult with myself and see how we can start getting your life to something even more extraordinary. See you soon.